That was the Munster final of 1944. I wasn't at it, <laughs> Most people that went to that game had to cycle to the final. Imagine if you asked people to cycle to it now. OTB AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Some of these critics, these pundits. I absolutely adore them lads. I have unbelievable time from, but they're a great bunch, but it's not acceptable. I like to play the hard man when, when they're on it. It's not very pleasant when you're trying to manage a team. All you're looking for is a bit of civility and a bit of decency, but they just dismiss you like, like you know, you have nothing to do with the bloody occasion. Quick picks. Will O'Callaghan. What's happening? Morning, Adrian. Only this, you know how... this morning, we have Johnny for company here as well. What's happening? How are you? Do you know well? how you know it's a bank holiday weekend without telling someone it's a bank holiday weekend, lads? <laughs> it's the fact that Adrian and I are the only two left standing to actually make the quick picks on this Friday. That all the young folk from the office are away at music festivals and so on for the weekend. Well, They've just got me and Abby. Actually, actually, uh, is, is, is Triathide this weekend or next weekend? It is this weekend. It's, yeah. it's, it's clearly weekend. will that they're all like, you know, it's the last kind of prep for Triathide and that's actually the reason why as opposed to they're all. So um, I'd like to defend their honour there very briefly. Well, to be fair now, Tommy was like, Wowing Castle Bar last night with his first ever uh, the Football Pod Live yes. show with um, Paddy and James and Keith Higgins. So there is that. We'll give him a bit of a pass for that. Uh, wowing so much that he couldn't take a Skype call from the hotel room. Oh, I'd say Tommy is. I'd say Tommy is in Cookerland right now. I'd, I would imagine <laughs> that uh, from some of the messages I was getting at about half three, four o'clock. Oof. Yeah, I'd say should, should, should have gotten him on. I'd say he's, uh, he's, he's needing his lie-in. Um, right, we've no leaderboard, Will, so let's just assume that I did really well last we're, week. And, uh, we're both doing really well, Adrian. Absolutely. That's the key. So well. Uh, right, we'll get straight into it then. Obviously, a couple of the provincial hurling finals stuck ahead, so we're going to kick off, I think, with the Leinster hurling final. It's Galway against Kilkenny, and uh, it's fairly well split here. Owen, Will and Tommy are all going for Galway, and then you've Ashling and myself who are going for Kilkenny. And like, it, it, I'm torn on a couple of these games this weekend, I have to say, and uh, I think that we can make arguments now as to which way we're going to fall. But ultimately, there is a cigarette paper between a lot of these. And the main reason, Will, I was thinking about that one particularly, um, this sounds slightly odd, but I was listening to the preview with Tommy Welsh on during the week. He was finding it hard. He went for Galway in the end. He was saying that he thought Kilkenny were a good team, but just lack it, lacking in form at the minute. Um, so look, you take that as it is. I just felt the sight of Crow Park for a Kilkenny team. The handshake is back into play. You know, um, he will want to get one over. Look, at I know that some of the same things will apply for Galway, and they are um, shorter odds to win the All Ireland than Kilkenny. And maybe that's the thing. How can the, how can the handshake influence like Kilkenny's I do think motivation. that it focuses the minds. It will focus the minds in a way for Brian Cody in a way that it may not have mattered uh, very much for Henry Shefflin. But he dictated so. the handshake. It's like Shefflin. All of the onus here is on Shefflin. Does he basically? I did a piece with Charlie Carter for the match program tomorrow, and Charlie Carter's like, "Will they even shake hands at all?" And he's like. Brian Cody completely dictated the narrative of that. He pulled him back, yeah. and it's more how Shefflin reacts rather than Cody. Well, I think. Cody was look at not to rehash the whole thing, but Cody was annoyed by it to the point where he pulled him back. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying that that's the bit where Shefflin is like, oh, I don't really care if you want to shake hands. Let's so you it. think Shefflin emerged better in the handshake than? I think of, there's no doubt about it. I think that uh, it didn't reflect amazingly on Cody. There was a, like, it, no. it felt like a bit of an ego thing. Him going, you show some, you show me some respect here. Now look at who knows. Maybe he comes out and explains it all. 
This I, is no relevance to the, Char- the, the, the outcome of this game, though. A lot more Harling is extremely professional. It has no relevance in the outcome of the game, yeah, surely. They will or the motivation and sh- Shake hands, I think. <laughs> Look, we don't want to spend the entire slot talking about whether you shake Will? But, Will, you're going A complete sideshow, lads, is what the handshake is going to be. At some point, they will definitely shake hands. They will. I think you won't have the emotionally charged moment that we had in Salt Hill when, you know, Kilkenny had just lost to a very late controversial point, free when it looked like they'd rescued a draw. And look, I mean, my take on it would be that Henry Shefflin was definitely trying to walk back towards the sideline. Brian Cody was trying to get towards the officials. And there was a very strange moment. And we can read whatever we want mm. to how much emotion was there for Brian Cody about the idea of Henry Shefflin going elsewhere and trying to damage his uh, native county's chances of winning silverware this year. So, look, the handshake is the handshake. But what is going to matter is what happens in the 70 plus minutes on the pitch. Kind of like meeting an ex in the bar where like she she didn't quite see it and it was an acrimonious breakup and she she's just a naturally positive person and she gives you like a but then she sees you like oh god I, I don't like you and then kind of hypothetically yeah of course yeah. Um, you talk about reading too much into things that maybe don't matter but uh, looking at the league might be somewhat of a pointless exercise but the second quarter the last day from Galway will um they were devastating, obviously, over that period of time. So, and it's hard to know, sort of post that, was it, did they take the foot off the gas? Did they think, okay, we've got this, and they sort of eased off a bit? Uh, or is there a weakness there that Kilkenny ultimately had figured out and identified and could make them pay for this weekend? No, I think we had a pretty vintage Kilkenny performance in the closing stages in Salt Hill where they went chasing goals, got one, looked like that goal was going to be enough to rescue them a point in the round-robin section. Since then, though, things have changed a little bit. I mean, Kilkenny's performance against Wexford was very worrying because Galway are going to put a lot of pressure onto Kilkenny. And when the pressure came in for Kilkenny against Wexford, they started to revert back to type somewhat. They've been trying to switch to a game that's a little bit more varied, lads. And particularly, they've been doing a lot more short passing earlier this season. And then they went back to going incredibly long and ineffective against Wexford. They put 16 balls into the Wexford 45 from Kilkenny's own 45, a very long pass, and only five of them were retained as Kilkenny possessions. They went back to very old-school Kilkenny when the pressure was on. Now, Galway will lap that up if it happens because Galway like to defend deep and they're going to do so to try and curtail Owen Cody's pace particularly. And then they've got a really physical back six. So Galway will be more than happy if ball rains in on the McCrow Park. So Kilkenny will have to have a little bit more about their attack and they'll have to get better at keeping the ball in possession the team who suffered the most turnovers in the round robin section in Leinster and Munster were not Leash, were not Westmead were not Tipperary who had a bad year it was Kilkenny who gave away the ball the most on turnovers so Kilkenny are going to have to be very careful and better with the use of the ball if they're going to win this game but sometimes we see Kilkenny being really effective and they're very good at going for goals this year I think it's 26 shots they've taken and they've scored 14 goals in the round robin so they're lethal when they get the ball into scoring zones but it's just getting Getting the ball into the scoring zones in a more effective way is what Kilkenny have to do. And the other thing that's a big advantage for Galway here is that Hugh Lawler is out with the broken bone that he's got in his hand. So Kilkenny have lost their first choice fullback, and Conor Whelan is in tremendous form at the other end for Galway, and he may well make hay on Delaney if the ball gets into Whelan. Yeah, and like, look, I think uh, uh, either way, it won't be. It- whoever wins it it's not going to be an astonishment uh, either way is it Claire Limerick is the other one we want to look at in the Munster final let's get a sense of which way everybody's gone on this and is Limerick across the board I am a little bit surprised by that because I thought somebody might sort of go the opposite direction first time uh, well since they've met in a Munster final since 1995 it is written in the stars that is mad yeah things didn't go too badly for Claire in 95 as I recall I think right. an, 80, an 80 year drought for the you know McCarthy what, so Derry hadn't been to an All-Ireland final uh, an Ulster Championship final since 2000s 
and it's right. like it's mad when in small provinces like that to, to think that it's 1995 Will you were what age back then like nine, been nine, yeah. nine yeah there you go um, but the thing is, right, Claire used to, was saying this on the Meaningful Metrics with Nathan last night, is that they're quite used to having long droughts. They've had a 60-year drought, a 15-year drought, a 30-odd-year drought along the way. And here they are now trying to go back and bridge a gap from 1998, which is exactly what the aforementioned Derry did last weekend in Ulster. Claire have been really, really impressive so far this summer. Um, you know, we argued previously in 2019 when they went out in the group stages. We argued again when they went out in the quarterfinal uh, the year after in 2020 that they were very reliant on Tony Kelly and that if you could shut Tony Kelly down or if Tony Kelly was to pick up an injury Clare just weren't going to have the scoring charge which is required well this year they've been able to get Shane O'Donnell back thankfully after he missed all of last year due to concussion he's come back in and is such an orchestrator now he's no longer the finisher when he broke through in 2013 he's far more involved in their general play and he is a complete mischief maker and it's going to be very difficult for that Limerick half back line who like to hurl quite a bit to deal with the likes of O'Donnell and Tony Kelly like talk all week who goes on to Tony Kelly I know Tommy Welsh was suggesting that maybe Willow Dunahoo drops back maybe you put Dermot Burns there and sacrifice what Burns gives you going forward to try and stop Kelly such is the respect that's required for a man that scores 12 points a game or does potentially Tony Kelly go in and try and be a disruptor and end up in a more conventional 11 position and try and make it difficult for Declan Hannan like these are all really interesting battles going into the weekend you look at the form of Peter Duggan who's been playing remarkably well and then you've got the two best cornerbacks probably in the game right now with Hayes for Clare who's probably going to pick up Aaron Gillan who's Limerick's danger man and we're going to see possibly who Finn picks up in the Clare forward line so it's very very difficult to know how these two teams are going to line up but we know that Keane Lynch is not going to be involved and that has to be a boost for Clare that the guy who basically is the glue that ties everything together possibly the brain of the forward line for Limerick the best hurler of his generation Keane Lynch is not available this weekend uh, due to his hamstring strain that has to give a bit of hope to a Clare team who've been shooting the lights out so far they're averaging 32 points a game um, absolutely hammered Waterford the league champions last time out even without John Conlon who's been playing so well and without Tony Kelly I don't know I think 5 points is a bit disrespectful to Clare going into this game which is the current handicap going into it I think if Clare don't win Clare are going to be closer than 5 points I think I'd said last year that Clare were the closest team to Limerick and I'm not saying it was laughed out of town it wasn't a totally implausible thing but I do I will admit that by the end of the year I was definitely doubting that call they got caught, caught by Cork in the qualifiers there was delayed Kelly goal that could have been that maybe would have changed the narrative for them um, but from what we've seen subsequent to that like in the betting it's Limerick Galway Clare and the rest we'll see on Sunday obviously we'll have a bank of evidence to go on at that point but you're reading now Will are they as, are they closer to, to Limerick are they at the same level as Limerick Where, how do you see that? They're not that far off Limerick, really. I mean, you go back to the game in Cusick Park a few weeks back in the round robin, and I know that Hegarty was sent off, and that affected Limerick's flow somewhat going into the closing stages of the game. But the reality is that uh, Clare were basically blow for blow with Limerick throughout the game. The one thing about Limerick is, though, they found solutions this year, Adrian, when they found themselves in difficult situations. I think back to the Tipperary game, where after an hour, Limerick weren't hurling particularly well, and then they blew Tipperary out of the water for the last 10 minutes of the game. Um, at times, maybe 
maybe against Cork had a poor start, conceded a goal after 40 seconds, yet found a way to dominate that game, particularly in the second half of Porky Cueve. For their injuries and suspensions that they've had this year, having to move players around, they've got a versatile squad, and most importantly, they've got a winning mentality, which is key going into the game at Central Stadium. So we'll see if Clare can maybe get over that. But again, I just think this one's going to run pretty close. Again, I've picked Limerick. I'm not going to change my mind on that right now, but I think Limerick probably just by a couple of points against Clare on Sunday afternoon. Let's get into the football. Um, Mayo Monaghan to begin with, and it's Mayo across the board. Oh, no. And like, and look at exactly, and that is exactly the point because it's another year where we're all scratching our heads about Mayo. We're not sure where they're at. They've so often, obviously, run the gauntlet before of back alleys and scraping through against the likes of a Down or Armagh, as they've done a few years ago, and not in the last couple of years, admittedly, obviously. But uh, they've used that time to go away and hone their game and come back a little bit stronger. Um, and part of the Mayo benchmark is obviously, you know, where Galway are at, uh, but increasingly everybody's saying well Galway are live contenders now uh, for the All-Ireland um, so where does that leave us all that in the melting pot in terms it leaves of me very worried about my at. prediction Adrian is where it leaves me um, <laughs> you wish you could have gone for yeah I should have probably but look Monaghan are like Monaghan are a good team didn't play particularly well when they were knocked out of the Ulster Championship in the semi-finals but then again we subsequently saw that this Derry team is a very very difficult nut to crack and they went on to win the Anglo-Celt afterwards like there's part of me that's going exactly down that logic which is that Mayo backdoor they love it they relish this chance of going the long way around into the All-Ireland series and there's plenty of evidence to show that Mayo have been able to circle the wagons after having a disappointing start to the year which was the case when they lost out to Galway the problem is that you just look at the Mayo injuries and as the week goes on it looks like some of those key players are not going to be back for this weekend you look at the fact that you know uh, I watched Monaghan and Mayo in the league and Monaghan seemed to be a bad matchup for Mayo during that game too uh, the, the, the more this goes on the more worried I am and I'm even more worried about my prediction when I see an across the board for Mayo I which I think is probably largely on blind faith like why are you going for Mayo here Adrian? It's blind faith that's exactly what it is like it should be Mayo is the thing well, should a few, be. like a few months ago they were odds on favourites to win the All-Ireland yeah so it's it should like be Mayo and the thing is like the ceiling of Mayo is higher than the ceiling of Monaghan and like and I see Rory Larmer this morning and good morning to you Rory he's giving it the ah here when he saw the predictions and look at I hear you we could all look like absolute fools um, but Monaghan are and you know Rory will not be delighted to hear this but they are basically the um, French rugby team I mean not at the minute but the one we used to know where they were like some weeks they turn up and some weeks they wouldn't so you don't know what the hell you're getting from Monaghan the evidence of that is all over the place so that's not a a seat of the pants theory about Monaghan that's just the way they've been for the last few years you know they were predicted to win Ulster and they've come up short look at Mayor exactly the same kettle of fish so but my theory Will is based on the fact that I think Mayo's ceiling and the evidence is there is higher than what Monaghan should be and when their backs are to the wall they have often previously shown the ability to come out fighting or scrape over the line by a point which is probably okay, what happened so Mayo's ceiling is possibly say an All-Ireland finalist or as Johnny said an All-Ireland contender but this weekend are they going to be at that level that is the serious question mark yeah. that you have over this well definitely not like they'll they'll obviously presume when they go on the trajectory you think they they'll they'll improve. It does have a lovely make up to it though. Like the old, this is old school, like two very good teams losing your out like. Yeah. We'll skip through the last one. Sorry, and two of the the biggest like fanatical supporters of football in the in the in terms of population, Monaghan and Mayo. This is proper, proper football country and like that'll be a proper atmosphere as well. Uh, Armagh Tyrone might be a little bit tasty mm. uh, I would offer to you and uh, so it's Tyrone for Owen Adrian Ashling and Will and wouldn't you know it 
the man himself who hasn't turned up this morning, Tommy, is going for Armagh. There is a case for Armagh, isn't there? Like some of it down to, maybe a lot of it, maybe all of it down to how bad Tyrone have shown they can be. Yeah, and look, again, I think uh, for any of us who are who would be backing our man, I'd have a feeling Tommy Rooney would. I think Tommy Rooney must have our man family or something. I'd love to go back through the quick picks and see how often Tommy is actually... He's like Charlie High, Will. He is, he is family from everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. 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 Um, he, look, again, if he's right, we can use the analogy about a stop clock being right twice a day because <laughs> he just backs our man every single time almost blindly. But, like, our early season form was really good. Then it dipped off. And then I kind of got off the our bandwagon about them potentially winning the Ulster Championship. Now we go into a qualifier between two great old rivals going back to the early noughties where a lot of the players who were on show this weekend were growing up while that rivalry was on. Like I think Tyrone have to be boosted by the fact that they've brought in a few of their under-20s. They've just come off the back of a really good under-20 campaign. Those bodies are needed because of the sheer amount of players that have left the Tyrone panel. Tyrone have obviously been quite disappointing and were really, really poor when they played against Derry in the Ulster Football Championship. You're wondering whether the champions of last year can just get themselves back together. And this is almost the perfect fixture for them. You're taking on one of your rivals, taking on a neighbour, going up against a team where you know that everything is on the line. Your season is over. Your All-Ireland defence is over if you lose. That's the main reason that I'm going for Tyrone here, is that I reckon there's another kick left in Tyrone. But they're going to have to try and get a handle on that Armagh full forward line, which has so many scores in it if they actually get going. Like, I really enjoy watching this Armagh team if they get going. Again, I wonder, is this Kier McGinney's last stand with this Armagh team too? And it would be a terrible way for their year to fizzle out when it started so impressively with winning against Dublin and Crow Park if they were to be knocked out on the first weekend of June. So, again, you talk about Mayo Monaghan being perfectly set up. This one is pretty mouthwatering. Interesting really. you say that briefly. The, the McGinney thing, like, he's been um, managing for so long now, and he's one of these divisive characters in terms of management I think where, where like I think a lot of the players really like buy into what he's doing but his record obviously is questionable you think this this could be a seminal day in his career yeah I mean it's huge I mean obviously if Armagh win you've knocked out the reigning All-Ireland champions and they go into round two of the qualifiers and you're you know that step closer to getting back into the All-Ireland series this year because of the you know the Talton Cup means that we're cut down to the fact that you're going into the last eight in the country effectively if you can get through um, in the qualifiers so it's not going to be a long run through the qualifiers that's the other thing about Mayo is that they're only going to have a few games to come through this time if they're to come through the back door I'd agree that McGinney can be divisive particularly among supporters but the one thing that I found very telling about Kieran McGinney is I remember talking to some of the Kildare players after he left and they were devastated that he left Kildare the, the feeling was that he really had them in fantastic condition that he was an excellent coach he was someone that they hugely respected he's got Armagh generally on an upward trajectory as well but this is obviously a very difficult game for Armagh to try and win this weekend and I'm sure Geezer himself and probably the Armagh uh, County Board would have a think if they were knocked out of the Championship early this year uh, we'll skip through the last couple of here. Uh, Leitrim Sligo to begin with. We have uh, Leitrim for Owen, Will and Tommy. And then Ashling and myself are going for Sligo. And then we have the last one on the football from Anna and Cavan. And Cavan across the board. I don't know. Maybe great surprise about that. Are we doing Joe McDonough? Did we decide we were doing Joe McDonough? There was some chat about I, Joe I, McDonough. I think we definitely should have, have people put in. I think like that Leitrim Sligo game, by the way, in the Talton Cup is exactly what the Talton Cup was made for. Um, a derby in the quarterfinals, yeah. Crow Park on the line, Leitrim on the back of a really good result against Antrim uh, last weekend. Sligo on a bit of a run. I think this is going to be their fifth championship game for this year. And yeah, like Cavan have taken the Talton Cup really seriously, Adrian. And like they are probably the pedigree team 
left in the competition even though they're coming out of Division 4 so um, I'm all for a Cavan Offaly uh, final if this was to happen but uh, yeah Cavan are really really good I expect them to win yeah. Talton Cup I know if the guys didn't put in I'm going for Antrim over Kerry I don't read a huge amount into the last game in the round robin where Stephen Gleeson was able to rest some of his players against Kerry um, Kerry obviously did quite impressively to get to the final because they were in a difficult position going into the last round they needed Carlo to beat Offaly and also to win away from home against Antrim which on the face of it looked pretty unlikely uh, but Stephen Malumphy's side pulled it around I thought they were going to be out of contention after they lost to Offaly at home in the penultimate round but this Antrim team have done really well this year with the exception of one game the defeat that they suffered against Leash away from home outside of that they've won when it's mattered uh, their relegation playoff against Offaly they were really impressive up until the last game where they were able to rest players against Kerry in the round robin of this competition so for me the Saffron's to lift the Joe McDonough for the second time in three years yeah happy to go with that well fair play good man thanks for turning up cheers lads that's <laughs> all you can ask for really turn up for. clock in clock out uh, that is the quick picks some of these critics these pundits I absolutely adore them lads I have unbelievable time from but they're a great bunch but it's not acceptable OTB AM with Gillette get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar 